So my good friend Andy Kurtz and I decided to do a packaging design podcast. Now it's different than other packaging podcasts that you hear because it's not specifically focused on the box it comes in, but all aspects and nuances of the packaging. We will discuss in every way that we can think of that best describes our experience with it, what we think is working or where things could have been improved. We will also talk about what is involved with owning a small firm and running the everyday ins and outs. And to let you in on a little secret, we really love what we fucking do. Kirk Faisola is the founder and creative director of Mind the Font, a full-service CPG branding and packaging design agency. And Andy Kurtz is the founder and creative director of Buttermilk Creative, an agency that focuses on packaging and branding design for the specialty food and beverage space. Together, we are Kirk and Kurtz. This is the Kirk and Kurtz Packaging Design Podcast. Kirk and Kurtz number 39. Kirk and Kurtz and Design and Podcast and Wilder and. I'm taking notes. Look at that. Uh, okay, ready? I'm Kirk Vaisola. I'm the founder and creative director of Mind the Font, and I'm here with my good friend. Andy Kurtz, founder and creative director of Buttermilk Creative. And this is the Kirk and Kurtz Packaging Design Podcast. <laughs> so first of all first and foremost today is october 6th uh this will probably more likely air in season two but congratulations to annie nicole for having oliver yay welcome oliver so congrats one of the greatest one of the greatest design projects of the uh, of our lives thank you yeah you didn't do anything that's all Nicole, dad. She was the one percolating. You were just sat there. Is she, oh, two minutes, two minutes of work. Two minutes of work. But anyway, hey, let's, so, so let's let's get to our, our guest. We have the, the the cool, the dynamic duo today with us of Wilder and we have Justin and Cat and their story. And I hate to say origin story because Justin said it makes him sound like an MCU villain, but I think of Spider Man. Now courageous and selfless he is in regards to helping his fellow man and making sure that he does the best design on the planet. That's what Spider-Man does, and that's what these two do. They started off not doing anything design related, then got into design and like, fuck this, we're going on our own and starting our agency and we're doing our own thing. Their work is phenomenal. Um, and they seem like very good people from what I know. And Andy recommended them, so they have to be nice people because of Andy course. doesn't hang out. Andy doesn't hang out with assholes, except me. So <laughs> So, <laughs> without further ado, welcome Justin and Kat. Thank you guys both so much for coming on. Yeah, thank thanks you for, having, for us. having us. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I really want to know. I have to know from from the get go how you got even into design because neither one of you were in the field, correct? Actually, wait a second. Let's stop. Andy, do you have anything yes. to say? Because you know them better. I'm just kind of taking over. No, that's fine. Um, okay. I'm just enjoying watching you get to know. Kat and Justin, no. Um, I, so just real quick, I met Kat and Justin so long ago, pre-kids, pre-responsibility. Actually, I guess we owned houses, but that was it. Yeah. Um, and we used to do this thing called, what was it, Potluck? Potluck. Potluck. Yeah. Potluck. It's called Potluck. And that's original. Very original. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that was not trademarked, by the way. <laughs> It was pot p p a w t pot yeah pot pot look um <laughs> but we would as the name suggests we would uh, gather a bunch of friends in a house 
I'll bring food. And it was the, it was neat. It was, um, I don't know, we, I don't know if our, I'm sure our paths would have crossed at some point, but I was so glad that it did at that point and we got to know each other and we've just continued to have this friendship both uh, socially and uh, work-wise because Justin's usually my like go-to when I like need to noodle some like letter forms. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to send it to Justin because he knows he will zoom in on that humanist font and make it like perfect, you know, and like he'll like push this little note here. And so he's my he's my closer for any kind of thing like that. Um, but they're just I just love them because they're always doing something really interesting. Um, you know, they'll tell us all about it. But I, I'm so glad that we met so long ago and we've re remained friends and we've got to see our little kids grow up or, or grow. Um, so I'll, I'm anxious to uh, get into this because they're so cool. That's amazing, man. That's such a great story. And without without further ado, people want to hear you talk more than they want to hear us talk. Yes. So let's let's have the the get goings and is that a word? Get goings. The beginnings. That's the word I'm looking for. I like I like get goings. Yeah, get I like goings. that. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. So I guess um, we were we both kind of started in different places but we had been dating and got married um, when I was teaching. I was teaching high school art. So my undergrad degree was in design, um, but mostly art education. So I was teaching art um, at the high school level, which I really enjoyed. But for me, there was this void of, I was teaching art, but not making art that I was you know, putting out in the world. Um, you know, I would do paintings and ceramics and sort of things on the side, but nothing that was sticking, nothing that was like, you know, felt like my thing. And that was really hard to like see my students going off to like RISD and State for Design and, you know, all these really great programs. Um, and I wasn't like, you know, doing that as what felt like a career and, and teaching was really you know it's just crushing kind of time wise it's really it's exhausting um you put a lot of like emotion into it you know and i would walk like away from it every day and just feel exhausted like mentally mm -hmm. and emotionally so um for me it kind of and i guess I'll let you kind of tell your story of no, like yeah, at the same no, time it, yeah go ahead but um so at that point i started um making screen prints and Justin helped me start screen printing just designs. I was doing a lot of like pattern work and illustrations and started selling those locally. Um, this is around the time we met Andy and Nicole because we sold at some of the same local yeah, markets and right. um, fairs. Um, and that was like a really exciting time because I was, I was still teaching, but we were doing this stuff that was making some money on the side. Um, and then from having that stuff in some local shops, I started getting interest from um, mostly community people in our area about doing posters for events mm -hmm. um, and a lot of things that were, you know, like benefited the city um, or things like that. So that kind of got me into actually needing to figure out, oh, how do I get this stuff, you know, digital and how do I um, like do something I can do quicker than having to hand draw everything or paint mm -hmm. everything I'm going. And then Justin's story kind of weaves into that as far as how we started like um, actual design work together. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. So should I start there or jump back to the beginning? No, jump back. Well, jump back. You're to parallel. the conversion. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, so while while Kat was being a super responsible 22-year-old <laughs> public school teacher and like buying her first house, her boyfriend was a filthy fucking touring musician who absolutely was like the worst. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The the, the worst. Are they are um, they still in, are they still in contact together? Her and the, her and the, <laughs> the dudes in that band? No, just the filthy boyfriend. Okay, yeah, well, yeah. Well, yeah. he has lost his hair since then, so yeah. we're doing yes. better. No, I'm, I'm still, yeah. I'm still, I'm just not as filthy. I'm still <laughs> oh, it was, oh, it was you. Oh, I get it. No, I'm kidding. I do. I'm just messing around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so that's what I was doing, and I was gone. Like it was a lot of fun. Like I, I wouldn't change it for the world. I'd never want to do it again now at my age with responsibilities and just like you know you get used to a certain lifestyle. But at the time, the it knees, was, your knees yeah, can't it was yeah, no shit. It was. But it was all I wanted to do, you know, at the time, like my early 20s. And, and luckily I had parents who were both, you know, kind of weird musicians who were like surprisingly supportive of me, like, you know, doing like a year and a half of community college after high school. Cause like, clearly I was not ready or interested in that at all. And then just, you know, hooking up with this, starting this band and then, you know, doing the record deal, the management in different cities over the, you know, different over the country and then just hitting the road. Cause that's what you did to support your album. Um, and I was going a lot, like, I don't know, we'd be out for a month, two months, home for like a week, two weeks, and then back out on the road. Um, and it was, it was intense, but like I said, it was fun. But then, um, I want to say it was probably like 2009 when we just decided, you know, Kat and I had been together for a couple of years at that point, And she'd been, you know, patient with me kind of coming and going, you know, unofficially moving in with her at some point. Like we never really had this talk. I think she just woke up one day. I was like, all these shits in my closet. I think here now. Between every tour, like a little bit more would get There'd left be something there. else there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, like I said, around 2009, I think it was, you know, me and one other dude in the band, we were kind of at similar stages of our life with like, long, you know, long time girlfriends. So we just didn't want to do it anymore. So we hung it up around 2009. And like I like alluded to earlier, you know, I did a, a handful of like, you know, the kind of jobs that you would do if you're behind your, you know, your peer group from a career perspective, like I was mowing lawns or, you know, working I don't even remember all the weird jobs I had. Bartending, yeah, bartending. That's a great job. Wow. And it's fun, you know? <laughs> but, yep. but I think I just, uh, I wanted something a little bit more. And I remember like when we were playing, I really enjoyed doing, you know, gig posters or like show flyers. And of, and of course, like appropriately, I'm sure I was probably doing it in Photoshop, which is like the wrong <laughs> fucking way to do that. But um, I really enjoyed that. So like naively, I remember, I was like, okay, I'm going to sign up for this, you know, for this two-year program at this community college, you know, near where we live now, um, solely on the fact that I liked doing merch designs and gig posters. And I was like, yo, I'll just, when I'm done, I'll just do, I'll do album art and gig posters and merch designs for bands because they have all the money, you <laughs> know? Like, money? Yeah, I mean, they, they have all the capital. So. Noted. <laughs> so, so yeah, it didn't really work out like that. But while I was in school, I met... I had one professor that he ran a letterpress and screen printing company. And for some reason, I really latched on to kind of like that tactile aspect of design because at the time, 
it was, you know, it was clearly moving away, you know, from print a lot. And, you know, it was, but it was a while ago, you were still like doing website pages and Dreamweaver and Flats and Photoshop <laughs> and everything. It was just getting, you know, they're really starting to implement more digital education in the curriculum. And that's fine. Yeah. Like, but I never and really- social wasn't a thing. No, not yeah, at all. Right. And I never had much love for that, but I really dug like the fact that you could make something, you know, that you could touch or feel or like the, just the act of like, you know, printing, you know, pulling screens or setting type. Um, and that is about the time that that Kat, you know, she was doing her, you know, her artwork. And I think I was like, you know, we could take these files and like pull them and we could sell them and we could have, you know, a whole bunch of them. And that's when we started working together, not with Wilder Ann or any capacity of that, but just kind of starting. That's where our, our art lives converged, I guess, for the first time. Yeah. And it was really fun just like, doing i mean andy you i'm sure like i feel nostalgic for that time of like hauling all your boxes of stuff to these markets and like waking selling. up super right. early right setting up your just talking to people putting like, on your little game face yeah and like uh, yep, yep hanging all your displays <laughs> yeah and it was really fun to do that together and yeah. it was fun to see you and you know nicole doing it together i remember we got to be side by side at one yeah. of the markets one time and like that was super fun and you would see a lot of the same people yeah. but then you would see different artists kind of coming in and out of it and and how people were um either doing that full time or just doing it you know on the side and i think for us we we knew that wasn't going to be a full-time thing like i had an mm -hmm. etsy shop and mm -hmm. like that did okay but you know it, it's a lot of work um none of it's passive income you know obviously yeah. so we i guess we're just kind of trying to figure out okay well how do we continue to make art um and sell it but you know in what capacity can we do that and also make a living doing it yeah so then Justin I was gonna say yeah and then we need to jump back Justin so finished school yeah so I finished school and then I was fortunate enough to work and I knew I, I wanted to lean harder into design than you know advertising or marketing um or anything like that so but I was really fortunate to be able to spend some time at some really good just design studios mm -hmm. um then the last job I had was at you know my position like I had a designer role or an art director role but it was more of an advertising firm and that's when kind of the, my soul started getting sucked out I guess and I was just <laughs> like you know I just don't I don't yeah. like this environment you stopped creating and started delegating um yeah absolutely and just the, the fucking sheer amount of time that you waste sitting in these meetings yeah with the you know AEs and PMs that just describe everything the minutiae like you waste so much time when you can just be like, okay, let's, let me read this brief and then let me go get in the trenches, you know? And if I, if the first round is a mistake, then that's good. But then I'll know exactly what path I need to be going on rather than you trying to explain it, you know, just add infinitum, like, <laughs> the, the kickoff meeting. It's debilitating. It's like, it, it already makes you feel like all the stuff you can't do. It absolutely does. And it's yeah. like, fuck, okay. Uh, so annoying. I have a quick question. Was the finishing school, was that the community college for a year and a half or did you actually go to a design school? No, it was, well, I went to a, both. It was the same community college. Like I went, the first time I went right after high school was for audio engineering because I wanted to record music. Yeah. But then after, after the band stuff, when I went back to school, it was a two-year advertising and design program at the same community college. That's this is a cool. great program with great instructors. That's awesome. I, that's, I wish I would have had something like that. 
And the other thing is, what instruments do you play? Growing up with weird musician parents, you have to have played more than one instrument. So what was the instrument of choice? So my mom's a piano player, and because of that, I can't play a lick of piano. Um, <laughs> but guitar is my principal instrument. I've played that since I was 12. And then uh, in high school, I picked up drums. And then somewhere along the way, I picked up bass, bass. as well. But I play bass with my fingers, not a pick. Ah, <laughs> there you go. There you go. Like the way <laughs> I got to jump in because I don't know. I haven't seen any recent news, but post-metal band that you played in, you have since done other projects of more instrumental um, guitar music. And it is absolutely amazing. We've seen them play in person at a little pizza place here called New York Pizza. And then I've got a couple of their albums, lowercase and capitals, right? And Did then you come to a lowercase show? Yeah. And then Young Andrew is the other Yeah, one. Young Andrew. Yeah. I wish dude, that only, so Young Andrew, I love Young Andrew. That was probably my favorite, like, thing or like thing that I've done since you know the metal band but young Andrew had to we stopped because last year Chris the bass player and vocalist moved down to um Tampa ah yeah. oh rule in our house that this guy ha always has to be in a band of some yes sort. yes yeah. he yeah. takes off from that it's like oh there's something missing it's <laughs> something's good something's yeah. Yeah. yeah there has to be some musical project happening like an addict looking for my next fix right that's like, great though that's great but both of both cat and justin make me sick at how talented they are at ju just about everything and you know it's like justin is uh, a super dialed in polished designer i mean so is cat too they're both amazing designers visual designers then he he is an amazing musician woodworker cat has this incredible like she's been doing more and more painting um these like big abstracts and like it's, i'm just like what the hell else are they gonna do what you know what are, you know so it's like i just i love it it's just constant source of inspiration these two sky's sky's the limit um okay exactly so, so so not to get too far off track um there was a point where you said hey cat you said and uh, this is where i was teaching and you were i was going to school and it was or i was teaching and it was draining and you needed to change like what how did you go from transitioning as being a art teacher to being a designer i mean screen yeah. printing and all that stuff so so when justin finished school and got his first agency job. I think our plan was pretty quickly that I was gonna leave um, teaching as fast as I could. And not like to run away, but it was just like, we saw hit this transition for him and it was like, okay, we're not gonna wait. You know, I'm not gonna stay in this for years and years. Like he did it quickly and he, really this community college features in our like lives a lot. Yeah. because he finished and he like went to his instructors and he's like hey so i have this wife she um has <laughs> this wife right? yes, I'll say, are you guys are you guys mormon by chance <laughs> well, i have just one wife my my one wife one of my wife um and she uh has a uh, like art degree but she doesn't have like the design experience she wants you know um actually like using all the programs would she rather do the program here? And they're like, well, that's kind of a step backwards, but we will look at her uh, um, 
transcripts or whatever, you know, and uh, see what we can do. So I ended up the maybe semester, two semesters after he had left or finished school, I started there and I did a year, a little over a year. So they took a lot of transfer credits, what I had, um, gave me, you know, just credit for portfolio work I brought in and the teachers there loved him. Like when you go back in your mid twenties, we got married while he was in school. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he was like designing our wedding invitations during that while he was in school. So like they just, you know, took to him a lot because having an adult student that is serious mm -hmm. about what they're doing, you know, I think just like they gravitate to that and they want to give you opportunities. Yeah. So they really did the same for me. So I oh, went wow. into that program. I left teaching in 2013 um, and went into that program and did about a year, maybe a year and a half um, and got the, the same degree that Justin has and like had the same great experience with those teachers there. Um, and then I started um, at a really large, it's a nonprofit, but a very corporate environment as an in-house designer after that. And just to kind of jump ahead and jump back, this school comes back into our story again, because after I had finished about a year or two after I had finished, they called me and they were like, hey, you have education experience and you know <laughs> this program, do you want to teach for us? So I've taught them for a few years on and off I'll teach a couple of classes you know one semester and then take some time off and then go back and do it so that's been really full circle like our story with them um so like right now I, I'm teaching two um courses over there that you know I just do like in addition to what we're doing here but just all that to say like that program was a really good fit for us and the teachers were really kind and pushed us um and like you know you could tell they wanted to see us succeed. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And she still won't let me audit a class. I keep trying. <laughs> she won't let me You can be a guest speaker. Yeah, yeah. You know me. You know me in front of crowds. I'm real good at that. Yes, you're <laughs> so <speaker>. great. <laughs> so academia is so so awkward too, especially when you get to higher levels because it it's it's very clickish. Um and it's really hard to get in. And the fact that you had the longevity and they saw you were serious about it, that, that gained and garnered some respect for you. But also you have to be able to know your shit and own your shit. Like you have to be able to teach and you have to be able to showcase what you can do from that standpoint because it's super competitive. And um, all the things that go into it, like being on Zoom and recording your sessions, you know, when you teach to make sure you record them. Remember to record, uh, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't always happen. <laughs> I, I see that. Yeah, no, no, we had it. We had a little pre pre uh, pre podcast talk about not hitting record because Andy had to remind me to actually record what we're talking about now. <laughs> now, now, as far as projects go, the work is super versatile. Like it's just uh, it's anything you could think of as far as design goes. Uh, there's lettering. There's branding. There's packaging. There's everything. There's posters, right? Like you guys are just. That's where you really got started. Um, what is what are some of the big projects you've done as far as like packaging or something that really makes you think like walking us through a, a packaging project if you can think of one? Packaging. We don't we don't get to swim in those waters very often. Not as often, I know. I feel like you have more of that. Um, yeah. I mean, but but uh, but ironically, like most of those are through Andy. Like we don't search out packaging jobs. Oh, that's, that's funny. Our, that's not our sweet spot, you know. 
I mean, there's, there's a million people way more qualified and talented to do packaging projects than us. But that being said, like when we get them, they're always hella fun for some reason. Like, I think that, and I don't know, I mean, you've done some packaging. I know I've done a little bit more. Like I, I really dig, like I think, a, a, like any packaging projects to me, I think I, I gravitate towards for the same reason that I started liking posters because you have this defined, you know, yes. um, Canvas. You know, a patching a packaging project is just a three-dimensional defined canvas. And yeah. I I find having those confines makes it really easy to just kind of like throw as much shit against the wall as possible. Like I, I yeah. lock up when it's like a cross a cross-platform campaign. Like those can be so challenging because there mm -hmm. there's so many options. Like there's like nothing's off the table. I need to I, I work best when there's some sort of confine. Uh, mm -hmm. or a box that I can work. That's so funny. Like I actually like it working within the box sometimes, but Dude. Um, yeah, we've talked about that. Yep. Have you? That's, that's the best designers thrive. I think uh, most designers thrive within parameters and you know, the, the stricter it is almost the more creative the solution is. Yeah. Right? Cause you have to really think hard to solve within this little confine you know and so yeah i think that makes perfect sense i think that's like right brain left brain thing with designers like you use mm -hmm. both sides of your brain almost equally versus like just being in the flow in music or flow and like painting or something where you're really right brain mm -hmm. yeah like designers are are you know using both sides access of both yeah that's true yeah, yeah that's, that's so cool I, and, the, and the reason I asked is because technically we are a packaging design podcast. So I was trying to relate it back to yeah, that. Yeah, but yeah. It yeah, yeah. But it doesn't matter. We're talking design. It's so much fun having you guys on. The The big thing for me, I've always said, is anybody who says I think outside the box is not creative because there's there's <laughs> myriad solutions within the box. There's an infinite. the box. Yes, there's an infinite possibility within the box. And, and if we'll just fucking get rid of the box altogether and make a new one. Like there's. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just such a silly cliche. I think outside the box, like Taco Bell yeah. did a whole campaign to think outside the bun. Like, yeah, <laughs> they, they also tried to institute a fourth meal and that was the stupidest fucking oh, campaign. Yeah. Like American and gluttonous and disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Like, Had they had hobbits doing it, it would have been great. <laughs> no second breakfast. Right. No second breakfast. Second breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, so when you guys are approached by a client to do something, what is what is the process of how you like think about uh, pursuing the client or actually bringing them on? Like, is it a feel? Is it like, okay, here's the job. Here's what we can do. Is there a certain rhythm that you guys use in order to like actually get a new client or pursue a new client? It's an odd question, but the reason I'm asking is because... No, I, yeah, I get yeah. it. I okay. mean, I think the first first and foremost is like an initial feel out and just, you know, kind of like a, a culture, you know, a social fit just to make sure that like, you know, what, obviously we, we wouldn't want to work, you know, do anything for like some evil corporation or conglomerate. <laughs> like no. we prefer doing work for people that are doing, you know, social good or good for the environment or good for, you know, in the education, like, yeah, you know we found, I mean? yeah, yeah. We have found that like a lot of times, the clients that we end up sticking with like for more and more projects will be something that is that something that feels good as far as um we've done a lot of stuff in early education and now that we have a kid like seeing you know that environment um it's really important for us to kind of push that um and stuff with foster families um environmental stuff you know i think 
And a lot of times you get stuck with those things, you get stuck in a, either a corporate world or a nonprofit world. So mm -hmm. as far as onboarding, one of the big questions for us is always like, how many people are in the committee? Yeah. The how, who, who, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a big thing for us. Stake, is, stakeholders, you know, sort of mm -hmm. understanding that. Yeah. That's yeah, good. When you leave an agency environment, you know, you don't want to be right back in that feel of like, oh, you have to get this signed off by yeah. 10 people on top mm -hmm. of you. And it takes, you know, a year to do. Um, and we're happy to work with like a larger place. If you get that like one-on-one -on -one contact with, with somebody there that you like really get to know mm -hmm. and you feel good about, and you want to like, you know, get a beer with later or like they, you know about their family now you know we've had really large contracts that those people become like good friends absolutely and, and you want to you know see them do well and so that's important for us um and we you know we'll do everything from small jobs as far as like um i mean helping with packaging um or you know uh, like a startup kind of company to you know established agencies so the process is is really really different um for every project, but our process is always sort of the same. Like after that initial feel out, we have a really specific process of Justin, like you're saying, like or working tennis. inside that, yeah, working inside that box. Justin is like the kickoff, the initial concept guy, like drawing all the sketches, getting everything kind of on the computer. And then he hands it to, off to me normally, and I start either adding to those initial concepts or I start building out those secondary and tertiary parts of a branding project um, or whatever the project is, and then bounce it back to him. So we found that like he hits a spot where he's feeling either stuck or, um, you know, wants to get a second opinion. Or I'm exhausted. Exhausted. <laughs> throw everything at the wall yeah and then i like to take it there and like run with it i really like expanding off of those initial ideas and seeing where we can take them building out these larger brandscapes or larger ideas that will be presented to the client because i feel like he's he's granular and then i'm seeing it you know from that thirty thousand foot view and seeing what needs to be added or what needs to be you know presented to make it a full picture yeah um and we feel like we have found our rhythm with that. And that wasn't always the case. Like when we started out working together, it was more butting heads of like, whose concepts are we presenting? Or like, yeah. yours are better than mine. I don't feel comfortable doing this. <laughs> oh, well, just don't do that part. Like let yeah. him do the thing he's great at. Let me take on the parts I'm good at, you know? So that's been interesting to like figure out that process for ourselves. That's so cool. I love hearing a fellow husband and wife team that because every time I say that, people are always like, "Oh my god, I can never work with my wife." I know. Right? You're not surprised how often we do the same thing. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, "Okay, um, that's yeah, no, we we we're we're good." Um, but you know, it's neat to hear that creative partnership, both in life and and in work, um, sort of panning out, sort of similar, um, like Nicole and I. Um, one thing that I wanted to go back to is, uh, I know like the the design field like the the small sort of shops like we are we've sort of evolved since we um started working from like generalist and sort of like that was sort of the the advice was go out and do everything for everybody to 
hyper specialization and like really carving out your niche. And that's really where you're going to find, that's where you're going to build your expertise, all that kind of stuff. And I have leaned into that um, over, you know, the seven years that I've been running Buttermilk Creative and I believe strongly in it. And when I've talked to other creatives, they've sort of, um, they struggle with what that, especially if they, they started a, a few years before us, they've struggled with how to define what that, what their target is because they were, they come, they came up in that sort of generalist and we sort of came up in this more specific. And so I feel lucky that what I've done sort of fell into my lap with working in house at a grocery store. And now I do packaging design for, for grocery store brands. It sounds like, did you all intentionally sort of hone in on those sort of like higher ed uh, community focused projects, things like that, or did they sort of evolve as Wilder and evolved? Before we answer that, Andy, when in that seven years did you read the Win Without Pitching Manifesto? Oh, because gosh. that's what steered <laughs> that's what steered this whole idea. I think. Right. I, mean, I never I never heard about the you know the hyper centralization before that book. Well, there's that, and then so yes, I I read that before I left the Fresh Market, and then there's also I think maybe two years afterwards, um, the Business of Expertise by David Baker was also mm -hmm. he published that which which focuses even more on building you know this defined position that you need to you know your, your focus so yeah no it, it was early on um that i i became a believer as well <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean it's a it's a pretty compelling argument when you read those oh yeah there's that book um okay well to, i guess to answer your question is that we're still learning um that mark that we're trying to hit is i think it's a moving target and we mm -hmm. haven't hit it yet because i mean on our website it, it's not full service because that would just be naive to list you know full service but yeah. we do have more services that you know listed on our web more capabilities on our website than we typically you know roll into a project yeah, um, but no, no, like the way we've, we've ended up, you know, having some or forging some good relationships and really good projects with um, actually childhood education just started with one project. Mm -hmm. Like it started with one project and that, but that client was a, a very large company um, that has, you know, offshoots and subsidiaries and other um, companies kind of working underneath an umbrella. Yeah. And I think that I think it was just a lot of word of mouth and maybe some, you know, from some promotion on our side, maybe not like we're, I will tell you that like, we are the, the worst at promoting our own work. I Same. think, that, you know, like <laughs> cobbler's children will never get any fucking shoes, but um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, do you have anything to add to that? I mean, I know there was, I, I think that, that what we did for a specific client was really good it led to some really good outcomes for them mm -hmm. and i think other companies noticed yeah and i think you know early on the community stuff was was what i was doing a lot of because of selling work in the community um so i was working with like a lot of the local nonprofits, you know mm -hmm. and like when it would come down like holiday time or fourth of july like we were doing branding for those sorts of things for the city and there was very little money and so that yeah yeah, the budgets, yeah, you know, yeah. really really mm -hmm. small but i feel like what we're doing now has a similar feel because it is for like a a greater good it is for community you know so it's it's kind of doing that same idea 
in a different way. Um, but yeah, the first like education company came to us um, through a friend, a copywriter that wanted to partner with us um, that was working um, with someone that was just doing larger um, like conceptualizing for this company or strategizing. Oh yeah, she was just yeah, strategy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and wanted to bring us in for design. And we found like as a team, um, we worked really, really well with them. And so then started reaching out to some other education companies um, and just kind of starting to like, it's weird to, you know, take your Instagram and start following a lot of preschools all of a sudden, <laughs> or, you know, yeah, yeah. right? But we also had a kid going into yeah. uh, school at that same time. So like the idea of like, creative play and imagination being really important to them and being at the forefront of, you know, what like our kid is spending his time doing every day. Um, yeah. really like interesting in tandem. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like, I mean, a lot of the reason we started this company, I mean, we, we kind of skipped from like us being in corporate, um, or agency offices into starting this, but like the, the day, uh, we had both like left jobs and we were going to start. This was also the day we found out we were pregnant. Oh, it was like the day. <laughs> I think I texted you. I was like, hey, I, I just put in my two weeks or I think I, I think I just quit today. And You're like, was, oh shit, I did too. Right. <laughs> and so, I mean, we named our company after our kid because our idea one was that we wanted to like show him a life style of like, you can do the thing you want to be doing or you're interested in doing that you're passionate about. And it can be something that serves your community, but also serves your family, you know, and that your time doesn't have to be spent in an office nine to five every day. That doesn't have to be what a schedule looks like. Um, so us like already having that in mind, you know, when we were going into this company and then kind of doing a little bit of everything as far as, you know, hodgepodge of working for different types of clients, mm -hmm. but then starting to kind of like niche down and, and find that, um, education factor, I think has been important to us because it spoke to the ethos that we already had like established mm -hmm. ourselves, but weren't really sure how to like put into practice, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. so it's interesting. And then to have a few clients that we've continued with, um, in that field has been really cool and they're great clients because we continue to do different work for them after the nice. initial branding and the websites, you know, there's always campaigns. I mm -hmm. are directing catalogs, um, for one of those this summer. Yeah. Um, so there's always like more work to be, we're like, gonna yeah. start around soon on, uh, um, interior design for one of them. So oh, like going cool. in a really different direction, but that like brings back all of this childhood play and imagination stuff that we get to start thinking through in now a physical environment. And that's super fun. Yeah. Like having yeah. a kid, you know, like thinking through what would be cool. Um, and this is their corporate office, but they wanted to have that feel of imagination. Yeah. yeah. So, and, the, and very rarely does it happen. Like that's kind of the dream, like, you know, yeah. Because, I know, I know this is a packaging podcast, but from like, a no, brand, this is a design podcast, branding and design. Yeah. Like you never want to take hands off, you know, cause there's always going to be some sort of collateral or touch point, you know, that you don't want them releasing out in the world without, you know, just ensuring, you know, the direction is consistent. And so to be able to, to start with a client, you know, at, at vectors in a logo and take that all the way through to, you know, creative direction 
of their interior architecture and interior design of their their new headquarters which is just a blank canvas is like that i mean that's I, ideal is like the understatement of the century like you want to be able cool. to touch as many things as you possibly can yeah yeah you almost have to go into what was that cat Oh, I was going to say, I mean, just, you know, and ironically or not, my background was in education, yeah. you know, so something that I was running away from for a while. <laughs> my mom was a teacher, right. principal, my sister's a teacher, you know, and like, I really thought I was getting out of that and like being this creative artist and like it, it I mean, it's still there. Yeah. It's still a it's, fundamental it's, part it's, of it's, our it's, lives. It gets right? back in there. Yeah, when it's, back yeah. it's like, yeah, like, you know, Pacino. I get out and they bring me back in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, it's, the value that was all, always there. Yeah. yeah, you always, yeah, almost have to go into all logo slash branding projects with the mindset of thinking how it will expand. I mean, that's that's the thing. Like, I, it's not just a mark on a page; it's an entire entity. And our friend yeah. Loop said. Our friend Loop said a well-delivered brand is better than a well-designed one. So how you deliver the brand across the platform, mm -hmm. it could be a terrible mark, but that's what people remember. That's the consistency <laughs> that people remember. And I remember, like, I still do this too. Like I'll do a dual job for someone. And it, actually this just happened today. I was, we were showing some, some designs for, for baking trays for, to a company. And like, oh, we have a trade show coming up and it's for all our brands. And they have like six or seven brands and they have different SKUs under each brand. Like, can you do a trade show? We need it by the end of the month. And I'm thinking, whoa, first of all, that's a lot of work. That's like a five, six month project of figuring out like <laughs> everything that goes into place, especially if you're not doing mm -hmm. it all the time. But from the designs that they saw and they were impressed with, they were able to say, hey, we need, we would like for you to do this. And it brings me back to the point that studying the foundation of anything like knowing the basis and fundamentals for any type of craft allows you to break the rules of the craft for instance mm -hmm. like you know pablo picasso amazing amazing draftsman the dude could just draw like he could draw anything but then he was like fuck it i'm giving my two weeks notice and he started to do whatever he wanted to because he knew how to break the, the rules and I, and I think that's that's kind of the same thing with with any design that you do. If you're a good designer, I had an illustration teacher tell me you can give someone any tool to draw with, like it could be mustard or mayo, and if they have a good sense of of space and of design and of uh, artistic aesthetic and figures and everything else, they can figure it out and do something okay. And it's kind of the same thing. You guys are doing a job for someone. I said, oh, that's great. Can you do this? Absolutely because they trust you based upon your previous experience. Also, 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 the college aspect, the teaching aspect, working for a school, it's like, I think you found your your niche. Yeah. It's Weird, it's, yeah. it's yeah. almost like it's it's beating you over the head with it. Um, it, it found them. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> the podcast and talk about it. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? It's the only way anyone would let me around their kid. I mean, I have like 10 kids. <laughs> People right. won't let me talk to the children. You know? <laughs> well, it's, for, it's like uh, I, I am, I have a little nephew, and the problem is I cuss all the time. And they're trying to, they're trying to teach him not to cuss. And I'm, I'm always like saying fuck and everything else. And I guess one day is he, he said, oh, that's that's not fucking right or something. 
Like, well, thank Uncle, thank Uncle Kirk for that. So that's good. So yeah, that's awesome. my job here is done. Yes, yes. Yeah, our head frequently will be like, "What the hell was that?" Oh, yeah, the other day he was in the ambulance out of school, and he goes, "Holy hell!" And I was like, "All right, nice, awesome, teaching him right." Yeah. So the name Wilder and uh, it's is it Wilder and or Wilder Ampersand? No, I'm kidding. It's Wilder and. <laughs> yeah. I love it because it wants me to know more. I mm -hmm. want to know more about it. I want to like see Wilder and what like it. It's it's like that uh, cliffhanger from the week before from an episode you love. Like, what happens next? So the name, and, when I, yeah, and then yeah, yeah, it was so cool. It, it came up like this is purely ironic. Yeah, I mean we. It took us a long time, one, to decide we were ready to have kids or if we even wanted to have a child. Um, and when we like quit our jobs, then found out we were pregnant, we were like, okay, guess this is this is the time <laughs> it's happening. Um, but like a big thing for us when we were pregnant or when he was really little was like saying like, okay, we're not gonna lose our identities. We've been together mm -hmm. for 10 years. Like we know each other really well, but we're not going to let ourselves get lost in parenting. Oh, wow. Not, yeah. You know, be That's together. Huge. And it like was one of those things I was like, well, you know, it's always those kids that it's like Wilder and his parents. Like yeah. you don't know the parents' names. You only know the kid's name. So we were like, well, let's just, well, let's call it Wilder Ann because yeah. you have the kid <laughs> and you quickly realize like, yeah, you do lose a lot of yourself, but there's this whole new like part of yourself yeah. that is present and that you like are fighting a little harder to, you know, one, make sure you like show them all of this stuff that you've, you've learned or you've wanted to put in place for them, but they're always going to be like at the forefront of all of that too. So yeah. it was just kind of a ironic, like we're never going to be this. Let's name the business. That. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're ironically inconsequential. Yeah. It's awesome because it's like, wild wilder and packaging wilder and color wilder yeah. and like it's just it's so good i'm i'm just like it's one of those things you know as a designer where you're sitting there and you're looking at something and like how the fuck did they come up with that because it's it's so simple it's so simple but usually the best ideas are they come from simple solutions like those are the best ways they come up it's just like it just happens and i think it sounds it's it's super fluid and it's super organic and love it I love it so much, but um, thanks. Yeah, yeah, and and we are almost out of time. But I wanted to ask if you had anything to add be before saying community college saves everyone. What else? <laughs> yeah, and I don't know that. Like, it's interesting. I don't know if that's the right path for everyone. You know, like I had done the traditional college route. Um, Maybe an undergrad. Yeah, but it was. It. I think you know, for us, it was just like letting ourselves take the time to figure it out right and not feeling like oh because i didn't like stay in this career that i literally started when i was 21 mm -hmm. you know like it was okay to pivot and to switch that and our like mantra the, i mean yeah. this a pandemic really brought this out you know when you're like at home and you can't do a lot and you have this kid who like has these big feelings and needs and like needs to be out in the world experiencing things and everything is shutting down around your mantra like the past couple of years has been life is long life is long like there's there's always time to yeah. like yeah you know, 
lanes or don't ever feel stuck or like mm-hmm. just kind of just goes against the whole life is short like yeah it, it can be if that's it. the way you want to look at yeah. it but you know it's no there's plenty of time like if you're not happy mm-hmm. doing something switch it up you know yeah, or, to remake yeah. this as many times as we want to and i yeah. felt like i love you saying like wilder and color and water and you know because like we see this as this can evolve into whatever we want it to be you know mm-hmm. if it's storefront one day if it is a music project for him at some mm-hmm. point you know visual like whatever it is the name is is fluid and open to that because life is long and we will like pursue whatever passion like is in front of us. And if like at the moment that's woodworking or painting or, you know, whatever it is, like we just want our kid to see us pursuing all those things. And like, we feel like there is time yeah. to keep, to keep learning. That's, mm-hmm. I love that. Like, it's awesome. It, it relieves pressure too. Like saying life by saying life is long. There are, of course, things that are ephemeral, like aging and accidents, but there's always this undoubted pressure by saying life is is short. Like there's this expectancy for you to obtain certain things and do certain things Mm -hmm. and have a career and not pivot or change because that's what you're supposed to do. What are you going to do after that? It's like all the intangibles are kind of taken away. It's like, if you don't like it, change, you know? Granted, yeah. there there are plenty of people who can't just quit their jobs. So we're not saying go quit your job if it's bothering you, but... <laughs> But um, at the same time, you have to think about it as you can. There's an option to figure out how to pivot, how to get out of what you're in. And life is long. I love that. That's so dope. So dope. Mm-hmm. Uh, George, do you have anything to say? J-O-J, George. George. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I mean, I'm good. I'm not much for, for closing arguments. So I think we've, you know, kind of said everything we need to say. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm very... <laughs> are, is, is there some type of checkered law degree or law passed in there as well from being <laughs> probably a magician no i, I, a, no, I mean i'm not <laughs> no no i've never had any sort of run-in with the judicial system what would make you say that mowing <laughs> 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 lawns picking picking up a, a, the bar getting your bar degree or licensing <laughs> this is in your spare time so well th- we can't thank you guys enough for coming on wilder and uh, you guys are both super talented, and I say you guys all the time, so you dudes are super talented, and thank you so much for being on. Hold on after we say goodbye so we can give you a proper goodbye. So, all right. I, I'm Kirk Vaisola. I'm the founder of Creator. The words. I am Kirk <laughs> Vaisola. I'm the founder and creative director of Mind the Font, and I'm here with my good friend. Andy Kurtz, founder and creative director of Buttermilk Creative. And you just listen to the Kirk and Kurtz Packaging Design Podcast with Justin and Kat of Wilder and, and we'll see you next time. Peace. Bye. Okay, we're done. Yay. Yay. Thank you guys. Our turn to, to ask some questions, Kirk, if you have got a minute. Yeah, absolutely. What's up? Yeah, yeah. No, I was just curious because like we know Andy. Yeah.